Bro, 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 bro. Daniel Bryan is the 9-11 of WrestleMania 30. <laughs> it's a joke, right? Oh, but yeah. out of context, that shit sounds terrible. Heel Nakamura is best for business. The uh, Nutcracker Prince or whatever you want to call him. I'm <laughs> all great. about I'm all about That's it. That's a t-shirt. Well, he was right about this. Well, of course he was, man. He also predicted three other things to happen with that same prediction. Like... Bro, 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 bro. Say hello to the bald guy. And bow down to your king. This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike Marcus. He is Mike Forrest. And we are the Mikes on Mikes. How's it going, Mike? I'm freaking tired, man. <laughs> long, uh, long time putting at work. Here's the thing, man. Like, I should have been done early. And what I'm going to complain about is probably stupid. But, like, everybody was done early. My boss comes up to me at the end of the night. He's like, it's like literally like 10 minutes before we're done. He's like, I need you to make these seven guys stay until 1.30. And I was like, motherfucker. I could, I, 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 I could, I, I could leave at 1.30 if these seven guys don't stay. Um, I'd be gone by 1.30. And so then, it's like 1.30, I'm wrapping it all up, uh, I'm like still gonna get out of there at like 1.35, you know, and dude comes in and talks to me and my co-manager for like half an hour, about like nothing, and it's like, I'm complaining that my boss likes to come bullshit with me and likes me. I don't know that there's some people out there that are like, man, I would love for my boss to like me. But, like, man, I don't want him to like me, like, hang out for an extra half hour like me. But I can't complain. I'm only working a half night tomorrow, so. Say love yeah, you. Yeah, well. Take what you can and enjoy the good and the bad, I guess. Um, we had some. We had a slow week in wrestling, kinda, I guess. Uh,. You follow the Twitter scape, it was a week of hate, and we try not to play into that. But we both had something that we loved, absolutely loved, and that was, uh, I would say, unanimously loved by uh, the world, Mike, in, in Avengers Endgame. So, we're going to do things a little bit different this week. We're not going to skip back to last week, we didn't have much to talk about, so we're going to go right into it. We're going to hit our normal wrestling topics that we find intriguing to us. In the last part of the show, we're going to talk Avengers Endgame. We feel that there's enough crossover. There's enough of you that are wrestling nerds that are probably, more than likely, comic book nerds. So we're going to do a spoiler edition, warning you now, of Endgame. Repeat that. This is going with, like, spoilers. Spoilers. Like, I'm talking, we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll reiterate that before we actually start. So just so you know, if you haven't seen Endgame and you don't want things spoiled, don't listen to the back half of this show. Stop after the Russell talk, and we'll give you we'll give you plenty, plenty of warnings. So, Mike, let's just get right into the wrestling, man. Okay. I want to talk about my new favorite character... Bray Wyatt. 
Yeah, this was pretty spectacular this week, too. Like, it's been solid two uh, weeks in a row. Well, it's, you know, the first one, the first episode of Firefly Funhouse, that's a hard thing to say. I think I'd add an L there. Firefly Fun House. Wow. Was super fun, uh, super intriguing, creepy as shit, and kind of just one of those things that left you wanting more and wondering where this was going to go. I happened to hear an interview with the director of this segment and the future segments in this series. His name is Jason Baker. He is a Hollywood type, and I'll just give everybody a little bit of background to this guy. He... I, I can't remember where he's from, but he currently resides in Pittsburgh, PA, close to me, which is pretty cool. He works for Tom Silvini. If you know who Tom Silvini is, uh, I know that you do, Mike. That's dope. Like, this dude works for Tom Silvini? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he started... I learned a lot hearing this interview. Jason Baker started working for Tom Silvini to... Tom Silvini is a... Makeup effects, special effects, creature creator, uh, and you'll kind of understand it more as I explain. He started working with Tom Savini. Uh, and Tom okay, Savini like, started working. I'm with- going to tell you who Tom Savini is. Tom Savini is like the Wilt Chamberlain of makeup effects, and I'm saying <laughs> yeah, Wilt good, Chamberlain because good, uh, because he's comparison. Like, he's not Jordan. You know what I mean. He's not the because right. like I would wager that Greg Nicotero has surpassed him, but yeah, um, Greg Nicotero, by the way, is the guy that does the zombie effects on The Walking Dead. Um, right, right. I would wager that Greg Nicotero has surpassed him, but Tom Savini was the first like greatest of all time, like Wilt Chamberlain was, and also um, Tom Savini has fucked, like, 10,000 chicks like Will Chamberlain. And by fuck, like, 10,000 chicks, I mean he's done, like, every horror franchise, <laughs> movie, everything, ever. Right. And right. Yep. he also directed the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead, which, I, for my money, is better than the original. Uh, agreed, agreed. Now, Tom Silvini which I did not know, starting back, I think he said at WrestleMania 26, started working with WWE, started doing things for them. Uh, He was responsible for most of Triple H's entrance gear at WrestleMania that you've seen over the past few years. So he made the Skull King outfit, all that stuff. So that's where that relationship kind of started. Jason Baker has pulled in, been pulled in by WWE, Basically, you know, subcontracted to direct uh, the Firefly Funhouse and also is responsible for making the deranged, uh, odd-looking, creepy, and purposefully crappy-looking puppets for this show. This is also recorded in Pittsburgh at a college, a local college soundstage somewhere that I believe Jason Baker uh went or attended and that's I think that's actually how he made his way to Pittsburgh. So uh, Savini has circle. a school there. Yeah, and that might be it, and I'm not I actually I think it was actually a college though, and I can't remember. Yeah, it's I'm neither just, here okay. nor there. Alright. But uh I listened to this interview, Mike, and other than learning those fascinating things about 
where this all came from and where he came from and how he got involved and how Tom Salvini is involved. The biggest thing I took away from this, and this made me even more excited than I already was for Fire for Fire Five Funhouse for this new uh, incarnation of Bray Wyatt is a quote that he said, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm going to screw it up, but he was basically saying, look, in real life, guys like Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and if you're not familiar with those names, they're serial killers, people. Very notorious, very famous. He says, these are the monsters. The, the monsters in real life are the ones that live right amongst you and look normal. It's scarier than anything Hollywood could put on a TV screen. And when it, with those words, I just thought, good lord, if this is done the right way, this could quite possibly be the best thing that WWE ever produces. It could be. Like, it has the potential to be one of their all-time greatest um, because gimmicks. Not knowing, not knowing exactly where it's going, Mike, when you echo those words in your head, you realize that, that at least the people behind it clearly see the potential of it and clearly see how dark this could be. Yeah, it definitely gives you hope for it moving forward, knowing that these people know what they have in their hands. Right, right. So, that being said, episode two aired this week. I, I guess that's what we're saying. I believe they even called it an episode on Monday Night Raw. And we get introduction to Rambling Rabbit, a new puppet character, which to me kind of looked like a take on the uh, rabbit from, what is it, Don, Donnie Darko? Yeah. And we get a, a, a Bray Wyatt who's painting a picture, uh, Happy Little Bush, but it's a burning building with looks like Sister Abigail inside. I believe that was a metaphor in relation to Randy Orton burning down uh, part of the Wyatt compound. Wouldn't you take that that same way, Mike? That's what I assumed it to be. And, you know, Abby is scolding Bray Wyatt for being loud. And they come up with a word of the day in sociopath, which is hilarious. Uh, even Revy Hardy tweeted a video of her son, Maxwell, saying, what's the word of the day, Maxwell? And he says sociopath with a, with a tag on it that says, thanks, Bray Wyatt. Hilarious. <laughs> I love all of this, Mike. I love all of it. My son watched the segment and laughed his ass off, which makes it even fucking creepier. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like that, dude. <laughs> Keep an eye yeah. on that kid. <laughs> so, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's definitely working for me. Uh, did you enjoy the second episode, and what do you see from here, Mike? I really did enjoy the second episode. And here's the problem with this, uh, the second half of your question here, what do I see from here? This is the problem with it is, is that for this show, I have to have some kind of, like, opinion or thought, you know? Right. On, on where we're going to go. But as a wrestling fan, so like, as, like, a talking head, I understand my role and what our job is. But as a wrestling fan, I don't really want to think about it. 
I understand. You that know, because you I, understand. I understand where you're coming from. Like my fandom for things, um, you know, like Marvel movies after Infinity War, there were so many, so many theories, so many just ridiculous fan theories. But I'm not like the type of person. Like, if you'd have been like, "What do you think they're doing in Endgame?" and I'd have been like, "I don't care." All I know yes. is that it's going to be three hours long, and I'm going to love every bit of it. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. I, 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 I have yep. no thoughts on what I wanted Endgame to be. I just wanted it to exist. Right? So, like, I don't... I So, like, as a fan, I don't really want to think about where they could go from here. Um, but obviously, You just want to enjoy it. Yeah, I just want to enjoy it. But, obviously... I, I, I get it. I had to put a minimum amount of thought into it for the sake of radio. So, um, I just really want it to, like, start to get him to take the steps forward to be, like, that main event supernatural character. Yep, I agree. I agree. And that's about all the thought I put into it, too, Mike, because I I like what you said. Things that, as fans, we love, like, we both love wrestling, but this is something that we see so much potential in. Just like a an end game, or you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan as well. I tend to not read the stuff I see online. You know, I'm a big Walking Dead fan. It, 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 there was one point in time where I followed a spoiler site, and I was like, "Why am I doing this?" And I unfollowed it because I don't want to know. I just want to find out in the moment and see where it goes when everyone else is supposed to see where it goes, and just it makes the enjoyment better. Uh, that's why we're going to give spoiler warnings, guys. So, I, I'm excited for this, and I really don't know, but you're right. This this will hopefully, for something that we love, for a character that we both enjoy, even though he hasn't been presented in the best way all the time, I hope this is his path to a... How do I want to phrase this? To a career and character that in most people's minds will live on forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite Undertaker level, but if possible, yes, and at least nipping on the heels. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Let's take a quick break, Mike. We got one more topic in wrestling I want to touch on. It's been a hot topic, a hotly viewed item. We're going to talk about the return of Johnny Moxley. Hang tight. We will be right back. So by now, Mike, and I already know you've seen it because it's been discussed offline, but uh, a couple billion people have seen it now, which hilariously people like to make fun of and say, look, you got more views than uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Okay, cool. Uh, Dean Ambrose tweeted for the first time, I believe, from his WWE Twitter account, a video. And it is basically a hype video, a promo video, for the return of his indie wrestling character, Johnny Moxley. Uh, a character that many, many fans uh, kind of praise as the gold standard of, you know, the, the weird, the kooky, the hardcore, uh, especially of indie wrestling. Um, I'm going to be fair. I've watched John Moxley stuff. 
I think it's just Dean Ambrose with a few swear words thrown in there. I could be wrong. You know, it's not like I have years invested in this character, so maybe I'm wrong. But nonetheless, this video has people talking. Uh, it's very, very well produced. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Just search Dean Ambrose Twitter account. Johnny Moxley will come up. And, you know, I guess we should kind of go into what goes on in this video, Mike, and some of the things that people are pointing out of what they may mean or may not mean. Yeah, let's do it. If we must. Okay. So, <laughs> in this video features Dean Ambrose breaking out of what I took as an asylum, since we always said Ambrose Asylum. Of course, the internet says, well, he's breaking out of prison because WWE is a jail because they, they hate everybody that works for them. And they're awful and they handcuff everyone and this company shouldn't exist, which is, you know, 98% of the internet is speaking this way. Uh, he, he gets out of this asylum. That's what I'm calling it. He is, you know, being chased by people, uh, cops or, you know, guards, whatever you want to say. Uh, he, they, you see a, a big Doverman with a chain around his neck running. So everyone says that's him running away from Dean Am or running away from Roman Reigns because it's the big dog, you know, like, okay, well, I, if that is the case, I don't think Dean would throw shade at Roman because in real life, guys, they are friends. Uh, he's in, he's in the streets at this point in time. He puts on a very Dean Ambrose looking jacket with a hood, uh, walks through the streets, walks past a, a, a sign on a building that has a, a snake, it says Viper at the top of it, and it has two die on the bottom. And those die are set at numbers two and five. So now everybody on the internet said, well, clearly that means he's going to be at Double or Nothing because it's May 25th. I think um, clearly it means he's fighting Randy Orton at Double or Nothing. See, I that see, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. No one's going to talk about that part of it, Mike. Because that's not the picture that they want to paint for this guy going to AEW. And you see him training in what looks like a boxing ring, real shadowy, doing some, you know, legit wrestling, like amateur wrestling style training and MMA and boxing looking stuff. And he, I forgot this part, Mike, I apologize. As he escaped the asylum, he rips a barbed wire off the top of the fence. By the end of the video... The screen's caught up, you know, the, the, the focus is on his face. He is wrapping the barbed wire around his hand. Blood is dripping down his arm from the barbed wire, and it says Mox, M-O-X. Uh, since the name's short, clearly it's a WWE production, right? Fire that fucking pigskin, Mox. Yeah, throw that fucking <laughs> football, Mox. Yeah, sure. I'm just here to get to the, I'm just here to get the end game. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I still need your opinion. Right off the bat, what did you think of this video? I enjoyed it, I won't lie. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed what I saw. I, I did think that it was suspiciously well produced. We'll just say that. And, I still don't know what that means. I got a lot of things in my head about it. I don't know which one's right. I don't know which one's wrong. Uh, a lot of them are shots in the dark. But I have three options that I'll toss out to you, Mike. Uh, but first, I want to know what you initially thought just when you saw it. Did you enjoy it? Did you, Were you underwhelmed, overwhelmed, kind of in the middle? 
they always say you can be overwhelmed, and they always say you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I was just whelmed. I was like, all right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I find John Moxley preferable to... Um, uh, Dean Ambrose from, like, 2014 moving forward, right? Um, right. Early Dean Ambrose is the shit, right? And right. that's pretty yeah, much I what, agree. That's pretty much what John Moxley was, just with more swear words, like you said. He was early, like, shield Dean Ambrose. And that's personally always been my favorite kind of Dean Ambrose. Um, I like John Moxley, like, um, promos. I'm not a fan of John Moxley matches necessarily because those were mostly in CZW and were, right. were fucking nuts. And I'm not a fan of that type of wrestling. But what I did see nope. of him from like other like non insane promotions, um, I liked his <laughs> style. It was like again similar to that early Dean Ambrose Shield style, that more like Killer Kowalski style. Like he was trained right. where he would break you down and punish potty parts that they just stopped letting him do for some reason. Uh, yeah, that Dean Ambrose, I really liked that Dean Ambrose, so that's pretty much John Moxley, so, like, uh, I'm down for, like, I mean, okay, go ahead and throw your options out, and I'm gonna, uh, we'll discuss them, because I'm, what I'm about to say is probably gonna be just, like, your options, so go ahead. Okay, so, here's the only thing that I can think, there, there's three options with this video, and I don't honestly know which one is more likely. Uh, so we'll, can, we can discuss that as well. Maybe you'll have an opinion on this. First option Maybe is... Maybe I will. This was Dean Ambrose, uh, John Good, spending his money, which it's reported he does not like to do, for a what looks like would be a very expensive, well-produced promo video to get him work on the Indies. indies. Something he doesn't need to do because he comes from WWE. Right, we're going to set that one way off to the side, and we're going to put it in the not-even-considering pile. Okay, so, second option. This is AEW. It's got production, it's got sleekness to it. Not that they've done highly produced things. They, they, most of their thing... I, I guess the Gold Dust announcement was pretty well produced, uh, but didn't have a lot of what do I want to say, Hollywood S theme. It had more of a very well-done documentary theme to it. Not so much a Hollywood feel, which just had a straight Hollywood feel. Uh, and I also throw out the question is, I'm not quite sure. I've heard differing, different opinions on this. I've heard his contract ran out, so he can do whatever he wants. And I've heard, uh, no, they still put a 90-day no-complete clause in contracts even when they run out because it's the Rick Rude rule so I don't know which is true which makes me question the AEW thing also if this was AEW how do they not take credit for it immediately right so that's option two okay let me go into option three and then we'll discuss all of them option three is maybe when I say it the option you're just going to be like, Mike, shut your fucking mouth, you're an idiot. Option three is, 
Dean Ambrose either really wanted to leave or it was all work either way, but for whatever reason, WWE decided the best thing to do is to repackage this guy like he didn't exist to make him happy, to bring him back under a different name and let him do whatever the hell he wants. And they produced this thing, they released it, they had him release it, quote unquote, and they're going to just let it play out as it plays out. Um, I think both those, the, the second and third options, I think, are equally viable options. And, uh, Sorry, I got. I, sorry, I got. A, I got like a weird feeling. You know how sometimes you're outside and you get like a weird feeling. Well, like I'm outside. Oh, yeah. I got like a weird feeling. So I was like looking around. You know, like, yeah. Um. So I think the second let's or third not, option. Let's not hear your unfortunate murder on air, Mike. I think though, if I have to be murdered, <laughs> this is kind of the way to do it, right? And here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing, Mike. Like, should I get murdered on air? Don't, uh-huh. don't, don't, uh, don't fucking, uh, don't sugarcoat it, man. Play the fucking footage. Like, air that shit, uh, man. Fucking air that, that shit. Do for our numbers, Mike. Oh I'll my god, that shit dude. Over and over. Air that shit. Play it every episode. <laughs> It'll be in the opening bumper. What are you talking about? I'd be like, use that shit. <laughs> like and it's being uh, said right now and also play this part like should I ever like like dude I'm not saying I'm gonna get murdered tonight you know well if I get murdered six months from now we always have this where you were like we do he said it was cool six months ago and I'm not listen people I'm not gonna change my mind on this I will always <laughs> think it's dope as fuck that my murder was played on this podcast I always will. I'm never going to change my mind. Melissa, I'm sorry. I love you, but you're fucking wrong. No, upload this shit to the cloud so that Mike can fucking put it on the podcast. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Okay, so back to to these. Okay, so (laughs) I think that the second and third options are equally viable. Um. I really don't think it, the third one's crazy like you thought I was going to. Like, I think they're equally viable because WWE's doing weird shit right now, right? They got Tom Savini's, yeah. like, apprentice uh, directing Bray Wyatt. They've got Dana right. Warrior on creative. Kofi Kingston is champion. Like, shit, like, uh, cats and Becky's dogs. Becky's a double yeah. champ and calling herself Becky Two Belts. Yeah, cats and dogs are friends. Uh, mass hysteria. So, um, okay, so here's my thinking on each of them. Um, option number two is AEW. Um, one, nothing AEW has produced up to this point shows us that they have, uh, the mastery of, uh, shooting a promotional video on this level. There's just, Dave, I'm sorry, all due respect to AEW, uh, I'm a fan, but nothing they have done to this point shows us that they have any kind of, like, uh, 
production department of this quality. With that said, I wouldn't mind seeing John. Look, okay, from the way Chris Jericho acts, I'm gonna assume a little bit of swearing is gonna be okay, right? Right. So right. I wouldn't. I would like to see John Moxley. And AEW is not going to be CZW. You know what I mean? They're obviously they got right. Joe, they got Joey right. Janela. They're going to have some out there matches, right? But John yeah. Moxley is a top guy, right? So you're going to see him against Kenny Omega, Cody, um, Hangman Page, Pac. Those guys are who Chris Jericho. They probably won't put him even against Chris Jericho. That's too WWE, right? So. Those are the types of guys you're going to see him competing against. So it's going to be like, it's going to be a faster paced, more athletic indie style, but it's not going to rely on the gimmick bullshit um, of CZW. So I would like to see what he could do in that kind of um, environment. Option three, option three. Option three is probably the most likely. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I could see them totally just like, Dean Ambrose is that, that dude is gone. Uh, here's John Moxley. And he's just going to be what? Like, early shield Dean Ambrose. Well, and, you know. It, here's the thing. I, it's a good way to scrap Dean Ambrose because he became too fucking cartoony. And there was no bringing him back. There was no yep. bringing back how just absolutely silly Dean Ambrose had become. Like, his motivations, everything was just fucking stupid. Like, just silly and comical and cartoony, and there was no bringing it back. So now you've already established with this one video. you got this whole new guy, John Moxley, coming in, and he's fucking from the streets. He fights punching yep. bags at 3 a.m. in gyms by himself, so clearly he's tough. He does it in jeans. And a wife beater who uh, goes to the gym to drain at 3 in the morning like that. Fucking John Moxley, that's who. Because he's crazy, right? So we've already established that he's more serious. Like, the whole tone was serious. Everything about it was serious. So it yep. is a good way to just clean slate this dude and get him back to what, you know, they got off track. They let him start talking to plants and shit, and it just got off track. And they focused on this Ambrose Asylum, um, whatever is the lunatic fringe shit. And they got off track, and it's a good way just to write the course. Let's just start over. Go back to doing what you did in the Shield. Yep, yep, I'm with you. And, and you know, the biggest argument against that is one, WWE would never... How is this phrase? They wouldn't have the the ability to create something this uh, this three-dimensional and do this story this way, and I completely disagree with that. Also, the other argument is, well, if this was a WWE product, then they would have been the ones to tweet it, they would have took credit for it. And I disagree with that, too, because they've done similar stories of XYZ star leaving and then it be a work. CM Punk is a prime example of this. Uh, Except so, for that time, it wasn't a work. Right. Well, that time. But the other time. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it is definitely a possibility. I will say the whole thing, and I know a lot of people were also saying, well, there's no way it's a WWE product because he's bleeding. 
guys, it's a little bit of blood from the hand. Don't act like WWE just is so anti-blood that they never even show it on screen, because they do. And when it works for them, they use it for to their advantage. You know what I mean? They, they do mm-hmm. what they need to do to display it. So it's it's all highly possible i think i think all three scenarios are scenarios are likely i think the first one is the least likely because it's money out of his pocket he doesn't need it and i think the other two are more likely and again i still it's hard for me to think this was produced by aew and they're not taking credit for it i think that would be insane so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch develop. Uh, before we wrap this segment up, I will leave you with this. The John Moxley Twitter account still has a link in it that links it directly to WWE's Dean Ambrose uh, bio page. So, there's that. Nope. Alrighty, then. <laughs> so, it, that was either him being too lazy to get that off of there, or not knowing how to get it off, or there's a reason for it. And Take that for what you will. We're going to take a quick break. We're actually going to throw it to our good friends, Boris and Bart, and they're going to talk about their favorite tag team, Major Brothers. It's Boris and Bart on a Super Short Report. That's right, guys. So, we have a special Super Short Report this week. We're going to talk about the Tag Team Champions of the World, Ryder and Hawkins, the Raw Tag Team Champions. That is right. They are wonderful. I love them. They are fantastic stars. Oh, yeah? You love them? They're great, huh? That is right. They are fantastic. The Ryder, he looks like a real wrestler. He does fantastic moves. Yeah, he does. He looks like a wrestler. Superstar, Boris. Wow, I missed one. Crap. That is right. I slipped that one by, you jerk. Anyways, the Ryder and Hawkins are fantastic tag team champions. I hope they are the champs for the rest of the year in the WrestleMania. Oh, yeah? Well, uh... Hey, Boris, what if I told you a pretty sweet fact about Ryder and Hawkins? Hawkins and Ryder. Don't do that. I do not like that. Do not change their names. It is Ryder and Hawkins. Do you understand me? Whoa, yeah, dude. I didn't realize you were so touchy about them. It's kind of weird. Do not say that. I will do whatever I feel like I want to do. All right. Um, but anyways, I got to tell you, it's a really cool fact. Uh, Ryder and Hawkins, they're massive toy collectors, dude. What is this? What is that, you say? Yeah, just like me. You see all my crap that you make fun of me for and break all the time? I do not break. Well, yes, I do break. (laughs) That is right. Dude, it's not funny. That stuff is, like, worth tons of money. And you snap off heads and you throw them at me. You think it's cool? Dude, it's not funny, all right? I, I can't... That is funny. That is very funny. I hit you in the face with one of the heads. Oh, dude, shut up. You cried like a girl. All right. All right, Mike. This moment you've been waiting for, I've been waiting for. Uh, we waited for, what, 10, 11 years for this. And I'll just say this right now so no one can be pissed. Spoiler alert for Marvel 
Avengers Endgame. We're going to talk about it, and you're going to hear shit. If you haven't seen it, you don't want to know, stop right now. There might be spoilers for, like, every Marvel movie. Just, like, heads up. If you've well, not seen any Marvel... Look, like, if you haven't seen those, it's your own fault. Yeah, so... Um, so, look, like, I'm just gonna, like... We're just... I'm just gonna talk about the story. And we're just gonna, like, break it down and go through, like, our moments, right? Okay? Yeah, Like, like yeah, I'm just I gonna... Mean, I'm, like, literally gonna spoil every moment of this fucking movie in the next half let's hour do or it. so. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's okay. do it. So, the movie opens, right, with uh, Hawkeye. This is like you open. It's Hawkeye, and he's uh, with his family. He's got his daughter there, his two boys, his wife, uh, you know, Linda Cardellini. Um, so, <clears throat> underrated uh, smoke show, by the way, Linda Cardellini. So, <laughs> um, so he's like teaching his daughter how to shoot, and he calls her. He's like, oh, little Hawkeye here. Uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe moving forward, we're going to have like a female uh, girl Hawkeye. Who knows? I, I doubt. I doubt it. I'm just throwing that out there. So right. So he goes to pull the arrow out. They t- he turns around. His daughter's gone. Like, but you you know because you see like you see the flakes and you're like, oh fuck. And he's like, what's going on? He turns around. He's like, honey. And he's like, the wife and the two boys are gone. Like they're just flakes. This motherfucker. Yeah. This dude lost everything. Right. And then it just opens. Boom. That's where it opens. Right. Yeah. So, um. And it immediately, already, it immediately hits you, right? It immediately hits you. So, like, you're, like, right away, like, oh, fuck, this shit ain't playing around, son. Like, so, like I'm already <laughs> crying in the theater by this point. Like, it's no shit. We're standing in line to get tickets because my local theater, they were fucking slick. They were, like, we're not selling tickets. The show was at 3.30. They're, like, we're not selling tickets until 3. So I got there at 2.45. It wasn't a big line. They started selling tickets a little bit early. But as the line started to move, I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm about to start crying right now. And she was like, it's too early for you to start crying. And I was like, okay. And we got up there (laughs) and I got tickets and we got, uh, we ordered some food and then we went in and sat down and I was like, she was like, it's still too early to start crying. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think it is. And then as soon as that scene, uh, start it it hit and i just i was like already in tears and then the marvel logo comes up i've seen this movie twice now by the way uh the marvel (laughs) shit comes up and i start crying seeing that right so then we go uh to the avengers uh i believe that's where we go yeah we go to the avengers right the remaining avengers and they're all hanging out and they're like, it's, it's, you know, it's, well, no, Tony Stark's in space, right? Tony Stark's in space. Okay, yeah. It's the, him. The scene from it's the trailer, yes. Tony, yeah, the scene, the infamous scene from the trailer. Tony Stark is hanging out in space. He's like, it, and it's him and, help me out, Nebula. So it's him and Nebula. They're the ones that were left on the planet uh, out in space. They've got a, a ship and they're, they're just adrift in space. And he's like, he's leaving a message pepper he's like yo i love you and he says that they've been there 22 days right so he's like look i think this is like i'm just gonna get some sleep and i'm probably gonna die tomorrow it is what it is they're running out of oxygen if you're if you're if you're counting and so he goes to sleep and as he's closing his eyes this light shows there's like signs bright on him and he looks up and it is carol danvers miss marvel and she hauls them back to earth so Tony, he's all like frail and distraught. You know, I man, he's just starving for 22 days and shit. But like, so it's all the Avengers, and um, 
Tony's kind of pissed. He's like, you know, fuck you, Cap, you motherfucker. You weren't there on the planet. You weren't there helping. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was here on Earth. We lost. Like, chill. Like, uh, don't yell at me. <laughs> so, um, Captain Marvel, she's like, yo, I'm going to go kill Thanos. Uh, I think I know where he is. Uh, or she's like, I'm going to go find him. And Nebula's like, yo, I know where he is. He says he's always like, he was going to, like, I always would say to him, uh, when the work is done, where are we going to go? And he'd be like, yo, we're going to the garden. So they search and they find an identical power surge or power, uh, you know, uh, not surge, but identical, uh, power, uh, output the same as when he did the snap right so they're like that's got to be yes. them we got to go there and it's this planet this beautiful planet. you know the planet he goes to at the end of fucking infinity you people have seen the planet right so they go there and i'm talking we're still like within the first 10 minutes of the movie they go there he's all like tore up he's all like the infinity gauntlet is like m melted to his hand and his whole like arm is burnt the side of his face like he's really fucked up that snap like fucked his shit up right like, he's a mess. So the Avengers show up and they're like, yo, uh, give us the stones so we can fix things. And he's like, I don't have the stones. And they're like, no, we know you have the stones. That's how we found you. And he's like, no, see what I did was the last time I used the stones was I used the stones to make the stones this be done. I destroyed the stones by using the stones. Just like, so now you can't undo what I did. And he says, I am inevitable. And then Thor uh, chops his head off and it's 10 minutes into the movie and you're like what the fuck we're 10 minutes into yeah. the fucking what wait no whoa whoa where did so what is happening now um and then it comes up it's like five years later and you're like holy shit they're not playing games like this is like this is the real deal this has happened so it's five years later, and um, Steve Rogers is now, uh, you know, he's back with his little, you know, the the the, um, the little uh, group that from what movie Civil was War. it? Civil War. Yeah. So he would go and talk to like like the veterans group, right? Yeah, so he's back right. with that group, and they're doing, like, counseling now, or, like, grief counseling over, like, people leaving. And he's like, you just got to keep moving forward, right? And it shows... Uh, you know, um, Black Widow, and she's out there, like, running the Avengers. She's basically, like, team captain out there, like, making sure people are here and there. She's doing liaisons. It shows Carol Danvers. She's talking with people, like, on uh, holograms. And Carol Danvers, she's, like, out in space running shit. She's got short hair now. Rocket's there, and it's, like, him and Nebula are, like, out in space, like, handling shit, too. Uh, she's talking to a Koye from, uh, in, uh, help me out Akoya uh, in Wakanda and ah yes so she's liaison with everybody but she keeps hearing these like stories about like some like mass man going in and murdering like large groups of mafia and shit she's like I gotta find that's Clint I know it I gotta find Clint uh, <laughs> Tony Stark um we, we'll get to that in a little bit right Tony Stark so Ant-Man so there, like, it shows his van is in this storage unit, right? And this rat is right. in the van, and it runs across. It conveniently runs across the right buttons needed to be pushed. <laughs> for uh, the van to kick itself back on and shoot him out of 
because if you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know that at the end, he goes into, um, what's the microverse in comics? Uh, what do they call it on uh, here? The quantum universe. So he goes into this quantum, quantum yeah, universe, yep. right? And then everyone disappears so he couldn't get brought back. So he comes back. To him, he's been gone five hours, but it's now five years. Which works out because it was Paul Rudd playing him, and Paul Rudd doesn't age. So it makes sense that he still looks the same as he did five years ago, right? Right. So he shows up, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, he doesn't even know what's happened, so he's got to find out, and he's looking for information. And then he goes, and he sees a monument, and he's like, oh, my God, I hope my daughter's name isn't on here. No, I hope my daughter's name. He sees that his name is on there, and he's, like, mind-blown, like, oh, they think that I was one of them. So he goes to his, finds to, I would assume, his ex-wife's house, and finds his daughter, and his daughter's there, and she's five years older. Like, she's not, like, that little, like, uh... 11 12 year old girl now she's like yep. 15 16 years old and he's just like so that they don't really play into that too much but you can tell he's like kind of like taken back by it and she recognizes him and they start crying they have a nice moment that is beautiful yep. so he goes to the avengers uh while he's at the avengers he says, hey, I think I have a way to go back in time. We can use these pin particles, and we can go back, and we can get the Infinity Stones. And they're like, okay, that's dope, but like, we need someone <laughs> smart. So they go to a log cabin out by a nice lake. Tony Starks, if you're a fan of Key and Peele, and you know that little skit they do. Tony Starks is now uh, a dad. Tony Starks has like, yep. a, like a four-year-old daughter, and he is now a dad, and he has this uh, kid, and they're like, look, we think we can go back in time. We think we got a way to do it. We just need you to like run the numbers. Can you crunch the numbers? And he's basically like, um, no, no, I cannot, my good sir. I cannot crunch these numbers. So they leave. And meanwhile, Tony, of course, being Tony, uh, goes and crunches those numbers. And it's a really cute scene, like, where it happens, and he's, like, mind-blown by it. And he goes to Pepper, and they're talking, and she's like, oh, yeah, we're, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, by the way, I did it. And she's like, you did what? <laughs> and he's like, I'll solve time travel. I figured it out. And she's like, oh, oh, you did? He's like, yeah, I figured it out. Um. But they have this nice moment where he's like, I can stop right now. Like, we got really lucky, you and I. We both made it through. We've got this beautiful daughter. I can stop right now if you tell me to. And she's like, Tony, like you know you can't stop. Like, we can't. Just because we got it good, we, like, have to try. So. Oh, man, that hits right now. Whew. Meanwhile... <laughs> Um, meanwhile, Cap, Ant-Man, Black Widow, they've gone to see the other smart guy they know, Bruce Banner, who is now, uh, in the Hulk's body. It's uh, the Hulk body with Banner. Physically the Hulk with it's the physically mind of the Banner. Hulk with the mind of Banner. So Which if is you're, awesome. Yeah, and, and if I you're familiar so with much. the comic, you, you, you know, you know that this is a thing that happens from time to time. 
but it's done pretty well on this. It's done expertly, actually. The, the way they dress him, the way he acts, everything. I did want to see some kind of Hulk rage out. You don't ever get that in this movie, but it is what it is. Um, so he's trying to figure it out. They don't really have it down yet. Tony Stark shows up, and he's like, well, we can do this, but he's like, we need to make it so that everything stays the same it is now. Like, all we're doing is we're bringing, he said, I don't want to change time so that he's like, I can't lose my daughter. I can't lose what I have now. I just want us to, like, if we can snap our fingers, we're just going to bring everyone back to right now. And they're like, yes, that's the plan. Okay, so what they're going to do is they're going to go back to certain moments in time where they know the Infinity Stones are, which just so happen to be moments throughout the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Conveniently. How beautiful is that? It's Mike? awesome. How beautiful is it's that? It's awesome because it's a love letter to this stretch of movies. Yep. I love it. So, the plan for them is we can't deviate time because we'll create alternate universes we won't fix things here we'll create alternate universes so what they have to do is they have to go back in time they have to take I, let me let me interrupt too yeah. i also loved every single pop culture reference to time travel movies and stories that they literally no, i don't even want to say reference they just said like at times like well you've seen this movie that's how this happens and they're like you know just kind of working in these things that you know, time travel is such a complicated thing. If, if it would ever be a real thing, we still would be complicated by it. So I just love how they played on all that. Yes, I really enjoyed. They make like a, a, a rundown of time travel movies at a certain point. And time like, travel movie yeah, rules. Yeah, <laughs> and it is it is really enjoyable. So <laughs> they're like, all right, so we got to take these Infinity Gems or Stones. We'll, we'll, we'll bring them back to the future. We'll use them, and then, once we fixed everything, we'll take them back to the exact moment we've taken them from. Nothing will change. Like, alright, that's dope, okay, cool, cool, cool. So they assign everyone certain places, times they have to go where they know these gems will be. I keep calling them the Infinity Gems, by the way, because that's what they're called in the comics. So. <laughs> it, it, it's all fair. We'll start with... Who you want to start with? I, I, I mean, we don't have to go that in depth because I do want to break down some of the other things in this movie. Um, so if you want to kind of just take okay. off to where, so Tony, I, I would take off to the the, the major scene, uh, which is the reinforcements. But you can go from where you want to go. With the reinforcements. Yeah, I mean, just basically the battle. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's jump forward. There's a whole bunch of time traveling shit. Uh, they go back to all paying all paying homage to this to this story that we've all been invested in for like ten plus years. There's a lot of nice yes. There's a lot of nice moments. There's a lot of throwbacks. There's a throwback to the elevator scene from Winter Soldier. Um, yep. Except yep. this time, it, Cap just leans in and says, "Hail Hydra," and the whole yep. thing they they let him go. Um, there's a moment yep. where Loki actually, Loki in the past from the end of the Avengers movie, they're get, he's getting taken out, 
um, <laughs> escorted out by the Avengers to be taken to whatever prison he's going to. And they're trying to steal the Tesseract, and he, they knock it over, there's a mass confusion, and Loki gets the Tesseract and disappears. Yep. So, Loki is active in the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe again, which makes sense Somewhere since we else. know that there's going to be a Loki TV series coming to Disney+. Right. Plus. Yep, love it. So, love it. There's a lot of nice moments like that. Um, I don't. Thor has a nice moment with his mom. They go back to Thor Dark World. That's right. They make yep. you think about Thor Dark World. Who the fuck makes you think about Thor Dark World? This movie <laughs> made you think about Thor Dark World, where Thor has a nice moment with his mom. Thor. We didn't talk about Thor. Thor's a big fat guy. Thor's Thor is the big Lebowski. Yes, Thor in, in looks like the big Lebowski. It's uh, a good comedic moment but it also shows it's that even reference yes kind of it shows that where he is he's emotionally broken after what's yep. happened to asgard to his to the earth his second home it's he's an emotionally broken man and it, it's a reflection of himself but it's also used for yep. great comedic effect he gets mjolnir back that's an important moment that we have to mention he goes back in time and he uh summons mjolnir you could see how happy he is that he's still worthy. And he takes Mjolnir with him as he goes back into the future. So, because he knows he can take Mjolnir back to the past, but he knows he'll need him for the battle. So, I'm just going to flash forward to the battle. Uh, so, at this point, the Avengers, they get all the Infinity Stones... They snap to bring everyone back. Hulk does it because they figure he's the only one that can survive it if it tore Thanos up that bad. So Hulk snaps, and it seems like they brought everyone back. But at this moment, Thanos from the past, he finds out in the past that they're, uh, that he succeeds in the future and that they're plotting to stop him and try and stop that. So he comes to the future. So this is past Thanos from, uh, what are we talking, like Guardians of the Galaxy time? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So he now knows that he has succeeded, and he's coming to defend that success. He knows he's dead, but he knows he's succeeded, and he's coming to stop them from undoing that. And right as they hit that snap, he just starts raining hellfire down on the Avengers facility, and he comes down with his uh, legions of people. Oh, by the way, uh, he brings Gamora from the past with him. Yep. So Gamora is back. Uh, we have a Gamora in play. And she's also a good Gamora. This is right about the time she decided to turn, she was thinking about turning on Thanos. Um, old Nebula, who's now a good guy. Not old, like, present Nebula, who's now a, 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 on the side of the good, convinces her that she's ready to change her ways. So, um, Thanos comes down to Earth. And it's... It's the Trinity. It's Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. And a battle starts, and it's the three of them against Thanos, and Thanos is pummeling them. And at one point, he's got Thor down, and he's Thor's fighting with Mjolnir and his axe. And at one point, they get... 
Thor loses Mjolnir, and he's fighting Thanos with just his axe, and Thanos has Thor's axe turned on him, and he's pushing it down into Thor, and it's starting to cut into his armor. You hear this, boom, thumping, something thumps Thanos, and you see Thor light up, and he says, uh, you see, he says, I knew it, and you see Mjolnir lift up and fly, and <laughs> I'm gonna get a little choked up right here. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's Captain America. And he's holding Mjolnir in his shield, and it's like yep. it's everything that you <sighs> for eleven years you've watched these movies, right? And they hit you with something like this where you're just like, it's everything. It's everything that you could have wanted. It's like a perfect moment for this. And so it's Cap, and he's got Mjolnir in his shield, and he's fighting Thanos one-on-one. And, you know, Cap's doing the best he can, but it's it's not looking good for Cap. And then Thanos has his armies. And Cap tightens the shield, and he's... You know, he's ready to go. It's just him versus them and <laughs> him versus his army. And you hear Falcon and a call back to Winter Soldier. Cap, Sam, you read me? He says, on your left, uh, call back to Winter Soldier from when they first meet. And Cap looks to his left and a portal opens and it's the Black Panther. And he walks out with the Koye and... Um, his sister, whose name I can't remember right now. And then another portal opens. The Falcon flies through. These portals start opening. Created by Doctor Strange. And, uh, Spider-Man swings through. And it's all of the heroes that were lost in this one epic moment. And the, the, Go ahead. Spider-Man one was the best for me. I mean... Seeing him return and seeing Stark yeah. and their relationship, which they only had a little bit of time to build in this universe on screen, and they did such a tremendous job with making you care about that relationship that I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in, man. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. No, and they there's a earlier in the movie it shows that one of the reasons Stark starts working on the time travel stuff is there's a picture of Peter and him in his office. And, um, so he starts working on it because of that. Um, so they have, like, a nice moment where they show back up and Stark's so happy to see him. And he hugs him. But anyway, so all these heroes are coming back, the Guardians, and Cap finally says it. He's like, Avengers assemble. You finally get the Avengers assemble. (sighs) And... It's just this battle you can't even describe. You have to watch it. It's, it's like, it's a thing that shouldn't exist, right? Right. Like, there's no way that this movie should exist. It's unheard of. 11, movie, it's 11 like, years over however many movies, 20-some movies or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 22, but I could be wrong. And... To do it so epically well, let's let's try to. You want to wrap it up 
just so we can kind of touch yeah. on some of the things yeah. with the, with and I think you'll touch on it. If you don't, I, I'll bring it up. But I think you'll hit the main point of all of this when it comes to Doctor Strange and Iron Man. So they get the Infinity Stones. Um, Stark says Doctor Strange is this the one. Strange is like, I, look, if I tell you, it won't be. Um, yeah. So... Thanos gets a hold of the stones, they, the, the gauntlet that they've made out of Stark tech with, with the stones from the past, and they're fighting him, but Captain Marvel's fighting him, she shows up, she like destroys his ship, uh, she tries to get it, he knocks her back, Stark grabs a hold of the glove, and he knocks Stark back, and he looks up and he says, I am inevitable, he snaps his fingers, and they flash the Tony Stark. And he's there on his knees, and he holds up his fist, and as the the stones go into place, and he says, I am Iron Man, and he snaps his fingers, and you can see it, like, hitting the power surge through him, and Thanos' army starts to dust away, and Tony's done, He's, he's done. Uh, uh, Rhodey and Peter Parker trying to talk to him. They're like, no, we did it, we did it. And Pepper comes over and she pushes him away and she says, you saved us. You can rest now. And Tony Stark's dead. And, um... (sighs) So, you know, we have, like, a funeral for Tony and then the, the next main beat, it's showing everyone. It shows... You know, Ant-Man and Wasp with his daughter now, and, you know, everyone's returned. It's just Peter Parker at school. They don't really discuss the reality of what would happen five years after half the world's population leaves, and then five years later, it's immediately dropped back on them. Um, right. We'll assume things are okay. <laughs> but they right. show Cap, and he's they've got their little time machine, and it's him and Bucky and uh, Falcon. And Hulk, and Hulk's running it, and he's like, look, you gotta take the stones back to the exact moment, make sure Mjolnir goes back, and he's like, I got you, I got you, right? So, he's like, alright, I'll be back in a minute, and Bucky walks over and gives him a hug, and he says, I'll miss you. And Cap says, I'm coming right back, and he goes, okay. And they send him, and he's supposed to come back just like seconds later. And he doesn't come back, and he doesn't come back. And they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And you see this figure sitting on a bench over there by where they're at. And Bucky points to Sam. He says, go talk to him. And it's, um, it's Steve Rogers, and he's like, he's like 80 years old. He's, he's an old man. And Sam comes over and going on Steve and he thought maybe I'd try some of that life that Tony talks about and he stayed in the past with Peggy Carter um uh, which you don't find out till later um but he shows him uh, he has a wedding ring on and Sam says you want to tell me about her he says no (laughs) I don't think I will it's a nice little funny moment where he giggles and yeah 
Sam says, I'm not going to like living in a world with no Captain America. And Steve has the shield and he hands it to him and he says, why don't you try that on? He puts it on and he says, how's it feel? And Sam says, like someone else's. Steve says, it shouldn't. I don't know exactly what he says, but he says something to that effect. It shouldn't feel like someone else's. Right. And the shield's now been passed. Sam Wilson, it should have been Bucky. Should have been Bucky. But I understand why they did. I'm not taken away from it. I enjoy both of them um, as Captain America. They've both been Captain America at certain points in the comics. I enjoy both the runs. I just felt like Bucky probably would have emotionally connected um, since we had a whole fucking two movies based upon their fucking bromance. Just saying. It would have emotionally made more sense. <laughs> I agree. I, that's all I'm saying. But this still emotionally hit me. Obviously, I'm sitting here fucking crying talking about it, right? So, <laughs> um, and then the closing shot is it shows, you know, a house in like the, you're assuming like the 1950s. It's playing some old timey like music, you know, like the, bop, 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 bop. you know how all music sounded in like uh-huh. the 1950s. Shit like that. So, um, they're playing some music like that on the radio, some something slow, and it shows inside this nice little house, um, Steve and Peggy Carter dancing. And that's how it ends. So, man, amazing, emotional. They tied this universe together over a span of, I think real time is 11 years, but we'll say 10, 10 years multiple movies, 20 plus movies and they did it in such an artfully beautiful way, Mike and some things I wanted to talk to you because like I said I wanted you to lead this because you you know, you live in this world where I come and visit it because you're you're deep in the comic books and a cinematic universe where I, you know, I lived in the same neighborhood and like you know, junior high, but I had to move away and I can only come back and visit sometime, Mike. And I'm, I'm solely at this point in my life, a cinematic fan. Although I love the comics, I don't have that time. I don't read them. So some things I want to throw out to you. And if, if Mike's rundown of the movie wasn't spoiler enough for you, this will make up for it. So, uh, some things I want to throw out to you, get your opinions on. We see Thor, basically say he can't stay in New Asgard, which is, I believe, on Earth. And he basically crowns Valkyrie, their king, or queen. Um, and he is next seen with the Guardians of the Galaxy in their spaceship. So, we also see that it appears, because Gamora did not stick around, that Star-Lord is going to look for Gamora. That might be the plot of the next Guardians movie. Uh, are we getting Thor in that cast now? Is that what we're getting? Because if so, I'm all in on that. I think they've really honed in on the fact that Chris Hemsworth is a very funny person. Yes, and he's so... He is Thor. He... Let's say this for one. This version of casting for Marvel has... They knocked so many of these out of the park. And, I mean, between the three main Thor, Captain America and Iron Man. And then you, you take and you add, I think the best Spider-Man we've ever had in, in this new version. Oh my God. I'm 
Or I'm missing his name, Mike. Help me out. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yes. Okay. Uh, so good. And I like the I like the original one and the first movie with Toby McGuire. And, you know, that went and did what it did. And I didn't even mind the Andrew Garfield version. But the, Tom Holland's Peter Parker is, in my opinion, the best Peter Parker ever put on screen. Yeah, I'd agree. I prefer. I thought Andrew Garfield had an outstanding. Um, Andrew Garfield did an outstanding Spider-Man. His Peter Parker was like, it dude's too fucking dreamy. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was like, he was like cool as fuck. He was like cool as yeah, fuck. Yeah, but they were like, oh, he's a nerd, and it's like, no, he's not. He's cool as fuck. Oh, what are you yeah, talking it, about? It was it was too unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I didn't care for Tobey Maguire. Uh, in hindsight, I don't care much for him. Although I still love Spider Man too. Yeah, I think that's how I am too, and especially in hindsight. So, but so is that where we're going with this? Then Thor's a, a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy because I'm not sure how the story plays out comic book wise, but I love this pairing. Him and Chris Pat ha- Pratt have so much chemistry on screen that it's. It just draws you in. I think that's a brilliant pairing. I think putting him and Chris Pratt together in a movie together, whole movie together, where it's gonna, they're gonna be the stars of it, is. I think it's a pretty genius idea. To be honest with you, it's basically taking your two most charismatic remaining people and moving them to the forefront, um, together. It also, do we really need another Thor solo movie? I mean, if we, if we can just if we, we do, can just so. plug and play him, like we did Tony Stark, because he said he's open to playing Thor, like basically forever. So if we yep. can just plug and play him here and there throughout, and then you know stick him in an Avengers movie, and then you know maybe he's in Guardians this time, and maybe next movie he's in is like Ant Man. We pair him with Ant Man for some comedy there. You know what I mean? Shit, maybe yep. we do another, like, Buddy Thor Hulk movie. You know, there's <laughs> things like that that we can do. So I think using Thor kind of in the same way as the Hulk, where you just plug and play him for effect, is a pretty smart way to use him, especially since Chris Hemsworth is, like, legitimately becoming one of the biggest stars in the world. So yep. it's a good way to be able to use him, but not, like, he won't be tied down be like the main star of it like you know he can come in and do a month of shooting and be out so yep. free so, up his schedule a lot so yeah i'm i think this is a great idea i think and i think as far as this movie goes like the callbacks were brilliant the the they they made us they they showed how thankful they were to the fans uh, of the success of this Marvel Cinematic Universe that by showing, by going back, showing and paying tribute to these past movies that we've all invested in, uh, to, <sighs> I, I guess, I can't even put into words the way that they did this so brilliant, brilliantly and brought everything together to say thank you. Because that's what this was. This was a, a love letter to the fans that this is what you've waited for and we're going to give you exactly 
what we think you want, and they nailed it, man. And, I mean, like I said, the when the reinforcements came, everyone was snapped back to life, and they start coming through these portals. I literally got goosebumps. Uh, this is a three-hour movie. We took our almost four-year-old, which I thought was a horrible mistake. The kid watched the entire thing and loved it. Yelled out loud. See, this is getting me emotional. Yelled out loud when Spider-Man came out, because that's his favorite. And when he came through that porthole, my son lost it. It's my favorite, too. <laughs> so, I mean, just a beautiful movie. Is there anything else that you want to take off of this, Mike? Like, I said the Thor thing. Uh, you mentioned Falcon as Captain America, which I agree. I thought it would be Bucky, too, and I'm sure there's still time for that because I mean we have a we have a whole new universe here Mike that's going to be expanding with the Disney Plus and they've set themselves up well who was in the funeral scene who was the young boy that was the boy from Iron Man 3 oh with the the, uh, help me out I can't explain it any more than the boy from Iron Man 3. Okay, okay. Um, So, where do you think that... Where do you think we go from here? Because they're saying that Homecoming, or the Far From Home, I'm sorry, the next Spider-Man movie, is the actual final part of this phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So once that wraps, we're on to the next phase. And do you have any clue where they're going, Mike? Because they're keeping it pretty hush-hush. I have a feeling that it's probably going to involve the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. I would assume. Wouldn't you think? I would think, now that they got all the rights. If I were them... I'm not them. Clearly, they don't need my fucking help. This isn't like when we talk about WWE and you're like, if I were them, and it's like, they should really listen to what we're saying right now. This isn't that. Marvel doesn't need my help. But if I were them, um, <clears throat> so I would, so you're going to have to set up like your next big bad. Who's your next three Avenger movie arc bad guy, right? Right. Man, it's like you have Doctor Doom now. Uh-huh. And if it were me, I would probably go with Doctor Doom. Although I could also see a world where Galactus, because like, how are you top Thanos, Galactus? So I would probably yeah. focus on one of those two. And then in the meantime, you can have intermediate... You're going to have to have, like, you know, your Ultron in there somewhere. Your uh, Loki and the Chitauri somewhere in there. You know, your lesser bad guys to fill the gap. Right. And um, I've heard rumors, you know, about who they're going to use. Norman Osborn being one of them. uh, Doing, like, an evil Avenger story. Like, how he came to power running S.H.I.E.L.D. And became the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And had his own, like, evil uh, Avenger unit. Um, That's... Seems like an awful lot of work to put in, you know? So, oh, yeah. Um, 
a nihilist is what I've heard. It makes sense since I believe he started like in the microverse. Um, and now they've got the quantum realm, which is essentially the microverse. So you could open that up for some anything really. Who knows what's living in that universe? I would not be surprised if something came from there. But you know, we got a lot of options. But I would assume they're probably going to start focusing on X Men and Fantastic Four immediately. They've been talking about Eternals. You're going to have to figure out a way to explain mutants. Like that's going to have to happen. Mm, so who knows? It's. It's like one of those things I talked about earlier. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't want to think about it. I've got, you know, <laughs> like other than just like brief, like, I think the X-Men. I don't know how they're going to do it, but, I, you know, because we're 11 years into this universe now. So how are we going to explain mutants yeah. just now or like and here? We might have to uh, wait another 11 to see this fully unfold. I, I guess we'll leave it with this if you have nothing else, Mike. This is a thought that I've had for a while and this movie confirmed it and actually takes it to another level but mike i know there's kind of this online dc versus marvel fanboy thing and i i know that you're kind of in the middle because you love both but you're clearly aware that the marvel cinematic universe is better i in my opinion think that endgame has set the bar so high i honestly don't know Unless Marvel does it again, I don't think anything's ever going to come close to the amount of emotional investment and storytelling that this movie was able to pull off. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, there's this is next level shit. Like this movie what? shouldn't exist. <laughs> like I don't know right. how much more I can stress that. Like when you watch this movie, the next time you watch this movie, think about that as you're watching this movie. Like, this movie should not fucking exist. <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. Um, we can wrap it up, Mike. I, I, I want to... There's probably... I'm not going to lie. We're probably going to talk about this again next week. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be things I'm going to realize I wanted to say that I didn't or that you wanted to say and you didn't. So just bear with us, guys, because we're nerds, and this is the biggest thing to happen in our life, nerd-wise, for a while. Uh, Fuck nerd-wise. I don't have children. This is like the biggest thing to happen in my life <laughs> since like I, since That's I got fair. since I got married. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for listening with us. Thanks for checking out this part that is a little different than what we do on a normal basis. Um, and we might incorporate some of this from time to time because there's just certain things that we like and we want to talk about, and we're going to do that, but we are, first and foremost, a wrestling show. So, you know, thanks for letting us spread our uh, comic book wings here a little bit. Mike, you have anything else you want to say before we go to wrap us up? Showstopper. Whoopi Goldberg. No, not Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. Uh, Tina Turner and The Big Show. Uh, Tina Turner is playing a dance instructor. Big Show is playing a former professional athlete uh, who now uh, is exploring his love of the world of dance. And it's Tina Turner, and she now has her greatest challenge as a dance teacher. Can she train a 7-foot-tall, 400-pound former wrestling monster to become a world-class dancer like he secretly always dreamed he could be? Wow. Find out in Showstopper by WWE Studios coming 
uh, spring of 2021. The movie answer is yes, absolutely she can teach him. The real life answer, nah, it ain't happening. Here's the thing. <laughs> she teaches him how to be a good dancer, but he's not like the best. And that's what like the point of the movie, man, is that like Okay. You know, like okay. like you like just following your dream sometimes is enough. You know what I mean? Like he never expected to be the best dancer in the world, but he just wanted to try. He just wanted to dance, man. He motherfucker just wanted to dance. People expected him to be some kind of monster, some giant athlete. Look at his size. Ah, but the motherfucker just wanted to dance. He just wanted someone to call him Twinkle Toes once. And they never would. And now they will forever. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a good day. I would imagine um, his big dance number is going to be a medley of um, Hall of Batgirl by Gwen Stefani, right? And then we're going to go, we're going to go into that, we're going to go into that Queen song. There's no time for us. You know, uh, so uh, that's going to slow it down and show off the emotional side. And then... Um, we're gonna transition into We Will Rock You because fuck yeah, right on. Um, and then from there, we're gonna transition to, um, she has a maple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. That. And that's how we're gonna close it out, right? Um, he's gonna, he's gonna take, th he's, yes, he's gonna twerk, obviously, at some point in this movie. The big show twerks. Duh. Or obviously. There's gonna be like a, a montage scene. You know, like every movie has a montage where like the dude like gets better. So he's gonna have a montage scene where he's practicing all these various kinds of dances. And it's gonna show him doing like belly dance. And he's gonna be out there like doing like the belly dance shit with like the belly dance ladies. Um, but like dressed like one of them. And he's gonna be doing like a little bit of like interpretational dance. Uh, you know, it's it, we're gonna have like a dance montage, and then maybe we incorporate that all somehow later into the final uh, dance off. But he's gonna take third, I think, because it's too cliche to have him like take second. Oh, you but you tried. No, it's gonna be like maybe third. Like you know what I mean? Like you're a fucking seven foot tall, four hundred pound fucking giant. Did you think you were gonna beat these guys at dancing? Like so, you know, it's a real come to Jesus moment for him. But that's all I got, man. <laughs>